now I just started recording. Oh, sure, sure. Um, I, Sean Glass, I want to welcome you to the wild, wild west of podcasting because you are now in the saddle. And uh, in your honor, I am drinking PG Tips. Not that you're a black tea man, but uh, <laughs> I'm drinking some tea as we speak here. I'll take nah, a nice I love, sip. I love black tea. I I nice drink slug. all kinds of tea. I love that. Yeah. My friend told me that I should make like my signature, like, like start every episode <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, you totally should. I love that. I love that. Like you now you're listening like a funny to little, uh, Yeah, like a jingle. <laughs> totally. Like have like a funny musical sting under it. Like, doo, right. doo, doo, doo. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, well, listen, really, before we you. jump in. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Oh, yeah. Before we jump in, I want to acknowledge something that you and I were talking about off air, which mm-hmm. is that our country is on fucking fire and we are not the two people that people want to hear talk about it. Um, But, and the reason I bring it up is because I I want to acknowledge it very deeply. And I want to say that me and all the organizations I work for very much believe that black lives matter. And I personally have been supporting a number of organizations financially. So um, let me think Minnesota freedom fund, of course, Brooklyn Community Bail Project, Philadelphia Community Bail Fund, and George Floyd's Families GoFundMe. And uh, the reason I say it is because, I, 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 like I say, I, you and I aren't the voices people want to hear right now, but I do want to acknowledge it before we, you know, before we talk about all the other stuff we're going to talk Absolutely. about. So. Yeah, we're recording, yeah. you know, Monday So you're afternoon. down in Mexico. I'm in Mexico. Elia's in Philadelphia. We're recording Monday afternoon after the craziest weekend. I mean, like insanity. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Um, I am I, very much in solidarity with with my friends and family and 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 everybody out on the streets. You know, I I just I'm standing with them, and I have so much support for it. Oh, I think yeah, it goes without. Like, I, I'm kind of, well, okay, so this, I'm like of two minds with this. Like, I was about to say it goes without saying, because like, obviously anyone, you know, obviously anyone who knows you and I and anyone who's listening right now knows this. But at the same time, <laughs> is that a problem? You know, like, not that I want to make this, not, not that, again, I don't want to go down this path completely, but it does cross my mind, like, Mm-hmm. we're creating unity, but are we creating, you know, echo chamber unity or are we actually growing the movement beyond where it is really, really, you know, calcified and, you know, we're not changing our, our own minds. I'm not looking at that. And yeah. Like, but are we changing other minds? And that's something that I think about a lot and how do we go about this in a way that can create real tangible change, not just, us sharing posts with each other, you know. I appreciate that perspective, sure. man. Totally. Yeah. So that that's something that I think we all need to, you know, Elia and I are not the um, the ones with that answer, but it's something to be mindful of. Uh, and right. I, right. I agree with you. I've been Brooklyn Bail Project is what I've been posting, uh, just because I have a, I have like you know we all probably like have our our friends who when things like this happen we kind of just like say, yo, what should I be doing? And, and, you know, that's what I do. Like, I have a few people who I just, before I do anything, I just say, what are the most important, you know, where, where can I put my energy right now? What do you need? 
and one of those people yeah. was yeah. running. Yeah, all people weekend. who live in the world and it, right, right, who do it twenty four seven. Who are not just doing it this weekend when ah, that's powerful, it's, man. You know, but yes, yeah, so Absolutely. that was what I've been doing is Brooklyn. I've just been been yeah. unilaterally on that. Um, it's amazing. The George Floyd fund, the Minnesota fund, like, holy shit, it went like through the roof and they've been giving their donations. They've been overflowed. It's been really crazy. I've never seen. Right. They're never starting seen to cast case. them along as I understand, which yeah. I'm, I'm just so glad to hear. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we are yeah. not like, the, <laughs> we are not the people. We are the people who I like ask questions, listen, find out where you could put your energy and all the energy is important. Even if, you know, don't get scared that you're going to like not do enough or people are going to get mad at you because you said slight, you know, the slightly wrong thing, like just keep it moving, just keep going, keep learning, keep asking questions and keep contributing your energy in whatever way you do it. That's, that's kind of how I've been projecting it. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Like for, for yeah, yeah, you know, before exactly. we go off on like, you know, more wider, um, you know, Tuesday is the blackout. We're talking the day before I'll air this later because I don't feel, you know, I think it's like weird right now. Um, but yeah. Right. Same. It just thing. doesn't feel comfortable to, <laughs> to be putting this in the world right now as right. we're recording. it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, people will hear this later, but like something that is relevant, like I don't, I don't think, again, either of us need to weigh in on, on the moral aspects of it, but like you do what you do. You are in charge of a lot of communication and what are you conscious of right now with, with like the context of a Tuesday blackout, with the context of all of this, you want to, you want to get energy and you want to get attention to these funds and whatnot. What what are you thinking about as a publisher, as a communicator? Yeah. Well, that that's a good question, and, and I should say for for your listeners who maybe aren't familiar with my work, I have a few different positions. So I I am the podcast host and producer at the Talk House, where we pair artists in conversation. I host Pitchfork Radio and um, have done a ton of TV work with Pitchfork, whether it be over unders or hosting you know, Pitchfork Live from like um, Primavera in Spain or, or, you know, different places the, the, the site would go. And I host a weekly show on Sonos Radio's new Which is sound system new. station yeah. called Radio Hour. Brand new. Yeah. And we've had, you know, some amazing guests right out there. Amazing. Jamila Woods, like, Tom yeah. York. Um, and so I do, so, yeah, just to give some context to your listeners. Um, but uh, this is a conversation this blackout Tuesday that you mentioned, Sean is uh, a conversation I'm having with, you know, each of my employers in, in, and in different ways. Um, and obviously I'm not, I'm not the publisher of any of those. I'm not, uh, I, I'm the host. I'm not the, the person who makes the final decisions on those things, but um, we are very cognizant right now that um, there are bigger things than our shows happening in the world. And right. we are all very supportive of the movement that's happening right now. I can't speak for the organizations, but um, they, they've spoken publicly and posted their own uh, social media, many, much of which I've reshared because it's been, you know, powerful reference for, for different places to donate or, or, or um, 
or help others during this crazy time. But, uh, you know, for example, what, what we did for Talkhouse is um, we're running a show later in the week. And, and we ran a piece at the beginning talking about this just very quickly. Again, mine is not the voice. Um, I am a white Welsh Jew. And uh, this is not necessarily, uh, people are not looking to me for, for guidance but, here. So, you know, I, I, just I know you're being base on it. Like you're, you're like, I absolutely agree with what you're saying, except I just want to give you like a little more credit as like why, you know, I, I'm excited to have you on right now it, it is like, Elliot is an extremely, he's, he's like a representative of, of empathy out in the world. As I see it, he's someone who does an incredible job at distilling what's, meaningful to artists to creatives to expressive sensitive people and elia's sensitivity is a huge huge asset for there's a reason why he's the he's the voice in the face of all these massive respected outlets so you know of course like we are supposed to we, we should be lending our platform whatever we have to people who are more relevant and have a better uh perspective than us however i just i just want to give you a little bit of credit that i respect you so much as someone who is if there's anyone out there like who is sensitive to understand someone else's position when you have no share you do not share the experience but like we're all people and you are extremely extremely sensitive that you can act you can listen and you can act on the messaging that you receive and you're talking to, i know i know that you're talking to the right people and I know that you are receiving, you're listening, and you're going to go put these things into action. So I think that your voice is really important right now because there's a lot of people like you. And it's not just about getting information out there. It's not just about, you know, how does someone become anti-racist? What books should they read? It's, it's not, no, we have to do stuff. And you can set an example of there's other white, Jewish, Welsh people out there. And what should we be doing? And, and you're someone who... I am, you know, confident kind of like following a lead of, and so, so yeah, so you're not supposed to be on a soapbox right now, wow. nor am well, I, thank you so much, man. you should be, we should be paying attention to how you act. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I agree. And it's, um, I, I agree that I want to, when I do act, I want to act with intention. Absolutely. Um, and, and thank you for those things you just said man that means a lot coming from you seriously and uh yeah i mean yeah it's um I, I suppose to sort of pivot from um what's happening right now but to, to to contextualize the idea that we're not necessarily the voice um uh, of of anything except our own experience i mean mm -hmm. You know, it's it, like this week on, on the Talkhouse podcast, we have this really great conversation between Elado Negro and Buscabuya. Um, an artist, uh, Elado Negro, is the, the son of Ecuadorian immigrants, and Buscabuya are, are a Puerto Rican duo. And, um, and, you know, they speak to that really powerfully in this episode the experiences of uh, going back to Puerto Rico during. Uh, this crazy t time there where there's been 
so many yeah. natural disasters and then now COVID hitting. Um, yeah, so dur- during the episode, we did this I as an Instagram live. I'm in Mexico, but I considered there was a minute where I was like looking into going to Puerto Rico so that I could be a little closer oh, wow. to my into family. Well, yeah, you know what? I'm glad it, you're trapped where you are. Here. Yeah, exactly. I ended up being like, you know what? Isolated might yeah. actually be the best thing. So I'm super isolated. I've mentioned this before, but I'm super isolated. Like COVID can't get here basically. <laughs> like, so that was why, because I got sick this year and I was like, I don't yeah, want to get sick. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, oh, funny! I forgot about this context that you and I had lunch right. right before, like the day before you got sick, and then I left. Oh my God! Yeah, I right, saw the last exactly. time I saw you was, well, was you were the last person I think I like hung out with in America, basically. I <laughs> Not had America, tea in, with in the United States. Right? We, we shared a pot of green tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, and and then I got sick. I, my wife Amy, um. And I were some of the very first people in America to be confirmed positive with coronavirus. Oh, dude, it was fucking harrowing. Totally fucking harrowing. I mean, I legitimately didn't know, um, you know, if we were going to make it through. And there's nothing more scary than than that. You know, uh, then you're worrying your family's not going to make it. We have a little daughter who's almost three. And I was so afraid, man. And I was so sick. But Thank God. Um, I think it took five weeks for me to really have my full strength back. And uh, I think I dropped like 15 pounds during that, man, during those first three weeks. It was I insane. Saw some people. But um, I, get, I get annoyed when. You know, you can weigh in where you weigh in. I, I, I think I know how you feel. I get annoyed when people say to me, you're 35, you're in great shape, you're going to be fine. You, you don't need to worry about, you know, all that stuff. Like, I've seen people out there who are younger than me in much, much better shape than me with no autoimmune problems oh, yeah. and they get rocked. Some have died. Like, but like I've heard exactly. you know, right away, like right after you got it, like some died. sister yeah. went into cardiac arrest and she's like 22 or something like that. And you know, fine. And went into cardiac arrest. She's thankfully like knock on wood, like she's okay. But I, I just, I think oh, that my God. the, the people out there saying don't worry about it you're in good shape it's only for the old people like fuck those people sorry but like fuck that shit like it's it's yeah you're right i mean it's really ignorance they legitimately don't understand how dangerous this thing and you're gonna spread how random it is right yeah like sure like my cousin got it and he's fine he had you know two bad weeks and now he's out there because he's uh he's immune which is great like fucking thank god yeah i mean but that's like, the dream right yeah you, you you get it you don't even know you have it or it's very mild no he he he, he had two bad weeks but um but he oh, recovered okay. fully and okay. he's now like in the world because he's he can be useful but now like you know we don't know that he was gonna you know like you said until you're good you're, we're talking right now and this is beautiful but like i didn't know what was gonna happen to you when you hit me up that day like I think you hit me up on like Wednesday or Thursday. Oh after yeah. I saw you on a Monday. Yeah, I wanted to let everyone and it was like, know. Yeah. Yeah, was, exactly. You sent like a, yo, I have this bad news text. Like, you know, and, and also I needed to exactly. find exactly. out. Exactly. Because. Oh, did I lose you, Sean? No, I'm here. I think the microphone. Is oh, there you are. I got you. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. I, you know, we, we, we started letting people know right away. We put up a Facebook post because we had been um, all over town. I mean, including uh, you and I had seen each other. We'd been hanging out at the Jane Birkin show. Right. Oh, yeah. On the Friday, and, and Amy got sick on, I want to say, the Monday, if I remember. Yeah. And so um, we let everyone know, and, and we texted as many people as we could. I, I had to email Jane's team because I'd been hanging out with Jane and, and Philippe Larichemont. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name perfectly in French, but the, the man in the shadows who, who worked with Serge Gainsbourg and now Jane, and I'd been hanging out with Charlotte Gainsbourg. And, you know, and so, so I emailed them and I said, uh, listen, I, I'm really sorry, but I need to let you know, my wife has gotten sick in it and she's confirmed and I'm very ill. And, and I'm very worried that I will, also be confirmed positive soon and and thank god they were all okay thank god i was so afraid yeah. for jane because she's a little bit older she's she's right. in her mid-70s now and i told Stephen merritt from magnetic fields that story because he was supposed to come with me but he got sick um and and he said there was a time you could go out without worrying you were going to kill jane birkin <laughs> 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 that's a quote <laughs> but that's that's where i saw you last and so we had to let everybody know man and, right. and, and like i say the world was changing day by day at that oh point God, as far as our understanding time. of COVID. it feels like by the way how long ago does no that feel like oh my god two years oh my god know. that was that two was years? a couple months ago like that's it's yeah. insane how right. much has happened and it's like it's funny that people said um oh yeah like the best was it's like now a cliched meme but i think it was like march 10th or something like that and it was like march 10 or you know march 9th march 10th whatever day like everything it was like that was a crazy year march 10th you know <laughs> yeah totally yeah that's a and then it didn't stop it, and it hasn't stopped it's like we had we had like a month of kind of everyone settled into this and everyone got to adjust and everyone got to have their depression cycle and come back up and think about what's next you know um, I certainly did. I, I, I had my moment of lull um, and then reemerged into productivity shortly before the world got just when we thought it was like, you know, going to be one version of a new world. We now have, I mean, whatever craziness. Uh, yeah. Oh God. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the reason you mentioned that I'm in Philadelphia, the reason that, um, I'm here instead of Brooklyn where I live is after we got better and, you know, wrote out the illness and uh, had waited the appropriate amount of time. Um, we, we lived by one of the hospitals that was very overwhelmed. Um, one of the worst situations in America that was, um, I mean, just really, really stuff that was, I mean, so dark. I don't even want to talk about it here, but. The stories my, are the Elmhurst exactly. stories, like oh my, th exactly. those are the ones that probably got most famous, but they were not the only ones. There were many. My grandmother's yeah. in the Bronx. Uh, she she she's from Brooklyn, but she's been living in the Bronx the last few years, and she stayed in her like one you know studio apartment with with an aide for uh, two months. Like she did, she left last week, I think something wow. like that, or maybe more. Wow. I, I don't know exactly, but like, it was like more yeah. than two months. She did not leave the room and 
I mean, Good for you, her. like, you know why. I don't even need to say why. Oh, yeah. Because what was happening outside the door in her nursing home was. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, like, I'm so glad she was so careful. I, I know a lot of people, like we're talking somehow, about, just don't understand. Yeah. But she, she really got it early on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, like, she understood well, no, she doesn't know. On. She doesn't know what's going on. She's She has dementia. Um, oh, okay. Okay. We, so somebody there knows. We and, handled and made it. Sure. But yeah. Um, Thankfully, you know, that's a situation like my dad's worked really hard and loves her a lot and has the resources to make a call like that to mm-hmm. protect her. But um totally. I mean, it like right outside her door was yeah. Uh, it was gruesome. Just the store, oh my god. Like the 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 numbers. Oh man. And and she has no idea. We kept it from she her. has no idea and, and and that that seems like it's for the best there and uh, fuck yeah yeah man i mean you know i i you know it's it's i i just want to acknowledge the privilege we had too you know that that we were able to work from anywhere oh, and and God. so when the hospital really um pretty much went under and the corpse truck was parked out front um you know my wife said look we, we gotta leave now we gotta mm-hmm. leave and we gotta go Good. to my family in philadelphia it's and so a beautiful thing that you been were able to, to do that yeah. Yeah. oh it's such a blessing man it is such a blessing and um and you know for conway we're we're by the woods here and so i'm able to take her yeah. out in the woods and uh you know our uh we live in a converted armory and it was just in total lockdown everywhere around us we were you know i mean like almost everyone in new york we were just in the epicenter of it and you couldn't go anywhere so that that's why I'm in Philly and we're here at least through July. We've we've rented a house here at least through July and we'll see what happens, you know. Yeah. With the first phases of reopening. Yeah, but, I mean I talk about shit, this all huh? the time, like what's gonna happen to our city. I was just talking to a friend who's who's split between New York and LA and like I don't know. I you know, I think it's not it's not necessarily a productive conversation to for us to speculate but, and and make make this episode about that, but like New York is going to be it's going to be a rough couple of years of adjustment and hopefully there'll be some people, some leaders who step up and really commit and lean in and and like in a way save New York because it's 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 in bad shape. We need that leadership right now and we yeah. certainly do not currently have it like i think about elsewhere right now like when as i said that i was thinking about like rami and jake and, the, and that whole family like yeah those like independent new york city they've like come from zero promoters venue owner tiny venue operators to oh, multi-room totally. massive thing like elsewhere is going to be like so so crucial for the community for for not just music not just bushwick but like just period just as an example of like this place can survive like god willing oh yeah yeah i I was just working on um the next sono sound system um radio hours with jarvis cocker and um i saw the post yeah that's and he was supposed to be yeah oh i'm so excited he's oh oh, yeah uh, dude i had tickets favorite musical heroes exactly he was supposed to do two nights there and i was gonna be there i had tickets yeah uh, yeah yeah. um and and uh you know i just am so thankful that those guys postponed it though so fighting a good fight exactly i got my email um, the worst email i got oh my god it was so funny um it was such a bad email but i got 
it, like it, like the misnomer of the word and how our emotional states have been affected. I get an email with the subject line, Kim Gordon is canceled. Oh no. <laughs> and that my is... first is, no way. What did Kim Gordon do? There's no way she did. I was like, we trust oh, Kim Gordon not to do cancer hall. Shit. <laughs> exactly. Like oh, there's no funny, way. Man. No one. Fucking Gordon. Fuck you. You know? Yeah. But yeah then it yeah. was just, hall show and that i had tickets to but oh you know, man <laughs> i was i was like that's bad news but not as bad so okay respect yeah, yeah. um so okay so I, I let's let's get into like why and it's and it's it's effectively off the back of what i said earlier that like it, it's it's yeah it's what you started with and then and then i acknowledged that like i'm starting this thing and when thinking about it, I think about who's out there, who kind of, who's really in it, who's really leading. And like, I'm very critical of, of noise. I'm very critical of, of our attention spans of infotainment of, you know, uh, just stuff that distracts us. And well, that's one thing I like about you though, too. Like for people who don't follow you on, on Twitter or Insta, Mm-hmm. It's really worth it because you you'll fucking go <laughs> off on some shit, man. You are not afraid to say your opinions on that stuff. Yo, and I'll say straight are, up, you know. Tomorrow I have an episode with the guy who did the whole Lady Gaga album. After what I posted about it, like it turned into like we're gonna just go in on it and have. Oh my god! Because I I don't know if you saw what I did, but I I like put my foot in my mouth and didn't realize. I mean, it's not really <laughs> my foot in my mouth. I said what I felt about it yeah yeah yeah. and then I realized it was all my friends and I was like I'm backing off not because I like I'm taking the post down and I'm going to say it in a different way I'm not going to say I love it but I value it and respect it and I don't want to call my friends up because I know that not 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 because they're my friends and I want to you know but because they're like fighting the good fight and they're fighting a fight for they're, oh, they're leading the charge totally. for a lot of people. And the fact that totally. they get to go make that record and they get that support and they get it out into the mainstream, like me calling it trash is, is a net net bad thing. And I, cause I didn't realize, I thought that maybe she like partnered with some ghosts, you know, some small, like, you know, right, her right, own right. people, but no, she actually put on a lot of people and it was, it was one of the guys from the original records that, you know, really like executive produced everything and I, and I just realized, okay, like all these people who are, who are following, like I wrote that music business worldwide thing. And I talked a lot about how mm-hmm. we need to like build our own infrastructure and our own systems. And there's nothing that the major labels really have other than just time and experience. It's not even money because you don't necessarily need money to money just checks boxes for you when you don't otherwise put collaboration and creativity into it. But these are, these are people who are doing it right, who are building their squads, really, really like creating community and getting stuff out into the mainstream mm-hmm. without being the ones, without being like, they're, they don't have deals with the people who, you know. And, uh, and yeah, so, so we're going into like a deep dive yeah, tomorrow. And I'm excited well, about And that. I think that, yeah, I got to listen to that. But man. that came from I, me I, talking I mean, a bunch the, of trash about this record that I thought was trash. <laughs> but I feel like that adds, and I want to get back to where we were going, but I just yeah. want to say parenthetically about this. Like that experience touches on two things that I think are very important in music, which is one, um, remembering that things are made by people because sometimes, right. you know, names become such 
behemoths that you're like fuck that thing or movements mm. you know it's really easy movements. to call out this it's easy to, to exactly idea, but I, it's also a person i'm oh i'm guilty of that all the time man mm. and i have to like pull myself back and the other thing is <laughs> um and i and it's so cool that you were able to do that the other thing is that um you you sort of realize like it, I, I remember saying you know harry styles um of course yeah. i i remember when Rob Sheffield wrote that um, Rolling Stone cover about Harry Styles. I said to Rob, because I don't care for his music particularly, you know? I think and it's I've, brilliantly I care constructed by a particular architect who is brilliant, but it's not real. Yeah, there's a lot of good things about it, but it doesn't emotionally move me. And not it, at all. And it doesn't, it's hollow. Uh, it's brilliantly constructed me. by an industry person. Yeah. But I will say, I, I said this to Rob, like, I am always one conversation or think piece away from changing my perspective on an artist, you know? Cool. I really am. Like, once I get more context, once I get more understanding, you know, I, I, I'm fluid on this, man. I'm fluid on this. I, I had I'm the same always, experience with I love Gaga that you wrong. had on this record early on. Yeah, yeah. I love but anyway, people who don't follow Sean should definitely, because whether you're right or wrong, they're always entertaining. And, and often insightful. I left my posts about, you know, the last few, again, like not important, not for us to do, but like I was, I've gone, if you look at my feed over the last, you know, three days, like I am attaching myself to a certain, you know, I'm taking a stand. And then like, if you look three hours later, I might say, I might walk something back and I'm leaving it all out there. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I made, I make mistakes constantly. And I just want to, I want to get, and that's what, honestly, how I, uh, how I describe like the movement, like the movement needs to move forward. It needs to make choices. It needs to take action. There's no like sitting back and, and pondering and it has to, and it's not going to go perfect and we have to fix things, but we have to fix things while it moves forward. And I kind of think about that for, uh, for my whole life, uh, <laughs> where I am committed to, uh, to, to, to making things and to taking action and I know that I'm not going to get it exactly right every time but the net net is positive movement and, and I'm committed to that and I think for that it we also have to sparks be, conversation right it moves the needle I mean, it sparks yes. conversation man alchemy. yeah it moves the needle alchemy it moves the needle it, you know it often I mean you, there, there's there's a handful Azalea of Banks. people who's I opinions. love Azalea Banks <laughs> she fucks you up love, all the time but you you because you love kanye i know from I our past kanye. conversations you mm -hmm. love azalea you, you definitely love people who are um very much themselves i don't are, love them because uh, they're who provocateurs struggled with mental illness and yeah. who are willing to put it all out there and uh yeah it's not it's not for the sake of it's not pro provocation for the sake of it. I do not respect that at all. And I do not consider that to do what to be what they do. A lot of people I think it's straight Oh, up, they're they're like, wonderful artists. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they say stuff that is, you know, not that I don't agree with. But net net, they are two of my favorite people on earth and I um, I mean, I posted earlier today, I listened to every, I actually listened to Azalea's entire, uh, if you go on her Instagram, it's, it is, she talks, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of talking, but I listened to it all to see how she's been feeling the last couple of days, which has been her birthday and all the 
stuff going on in the world and and she's releasing music on tuesday and her justification for it i'm oh, all okay. well, for it she's breaking the boycott she's using the boycott to make it azalea banks day and um and i'm all for it for what she's gone through oh my god and that's a whole nother thread but yeah <laughs> yeah 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 well i i'll certainly i'll certainly tune in to see what she drops yeah so so like you know moving outside of right what's in front of us like we're using airtime attention and i am so 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 sensitive about my day my 24 hours my choices my actions how i spend them what i consume what i create with them and talk you know radio podcast whatever you want to consider it is having its you know beyond having a moment it's becoming you know it's 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 replacing radio and we yeah, had a it's lull definitely a shifting paradigm yeah i think we had a decade you know where radio lost its juice a little bit it lost its relevance in the day-to-day lives of a lot of the cognoscenti and then podcasts are just now getting there and now it's becoming you know a standard thing it's it's just like everyone kind of everyone listens to what what to something and and what when creating this i have been considering that and like who are the people who are really in the front of it who are the people who are doing it right and i want to take notes from them and i want to make something that is essential that is art in itself that is not just spreading information that is you know really valuable for for the listener and and yeah i mean I think you do that. So I want, I want to learn from you and I want to also give my platform to you. And thank you, man. I, I'm going to keep right. this episode when it comes out in my phone so that whenever I'm feeling depressed about my work or uh, <laughs> that we're not, you know, if things aren't going how I want, I'm going to remind myself that some people care. And I, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Seriously. Do you get it's, love? Uh, like, oh, do you of think course. Nobody cares? I mean, well, I know people care because I can see the numbers of millions of listeners and they don't, you know, I mean, they're not, there's people coming back again and again, but you know, I'll get low on certain things. Like, um, I have ideas that don't pan out always because also, mm-hmm. um, and I think you and I, um, have talked maybe a little bit about this, um, but you know, I, I, I have so many fucking ideas. I wish that I once got to go to David Byrne's office and he wasn't there that day, I, but I'd worked with him recently and we, and we were talking about working again on something. So I went to his office and he had literally, it was like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. Hmm. Like he had fucking teams working on all these insane projects. So like the, the woman this who Luwaka was, Bob? Um, yeah, yeah, cool. it was, it was, well, Luwaka Bob is the label and then David the whole, Byrne has yeah. sort of, yeah, sort of like he does all this other stuff too that's, um, you know, sort of myriad other things. Um, but, um, but they were just like, each team was telling me what they were working on. And I thought, this guy has fucking figured it out. And, and I'd love to get to the point where I can have more of my ideas executed because I have great teams. Right now, I work with awesome people, but they're pretty small crews that we're working with on mm-hmm. all these projects, you know? And so I get down about the fact that we can't um, do more, even though, I mean, I was talking to, you know, my, my sort of BFF and business partners, Mark Yoshizumi, he's this brilliant studio engineer who I mostly stole from the studio world. And, uh, 
you know, brought into the podcast and radio world and, and he produces everything I work on, all those shows that I mentioned. And we were talking today and we realized we're putting out two to three shows a week. So it's not like we're sitting around on our asses, you know, but fuck, man, I just wish I could do more. So anyway, there's, there's that rent. I mean, I'm not really producing mine. I'm just recording them and, you know, doing minor, minor edits, but um, I'm, yeah, it, it's, it's also because I'm just like, I'm in, I'm isolated. So I have the time, uh, but I'm doing like, I'm recording yeah. one to three a day and getting one up every day wow, and, I'm, man. and I'm consistently a week you or two ahead, but it's, it's also, you know, I'm like, I don't know where I'm energetically, I guess this, these are questions for you. Like I'm hot right now. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm amped yeah. at these conversations does it ebb and flow your interest level at talking, at listening, at asking questions? That part never ebbs and flows. Occasionally, um, I'll have to work on a project that I'm not 100% on, which, you know, that's just part of it, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's, that can be a little bit of a downer, but thankfully, that's a very small percentage of the time. I noticed how many episodes you put out because I thought we only talked about this over tea, like, hmm. like you say, like two or three months ago. And now he's got like 374 freaking episodes out there. You're making me feel lazy, man. You are my 30th I, uh, interview, actually. To oh, nice. 30th? Yeah. Okay. 30th. Um, the, the, the password to get into my 40th birthday party at Baby's All Right was Ellie is 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. So there we go. But, um, but yeah, man, I, I, I listened to some. I really enjoyed the Justin Strauss episode. He's someone who I also legend, know legend. not as well as you do from New York. And uh, oh, man, what a legend. I love hearing that guy talk. That, that, that could be but, you know, a uh, weekly episode in itself. I could have Justin on and just be oh, like, I would, totally. the Ritz, go, please. Yeah. Thank you. I'm going to shut up now you know? oh, exactly. <laughs> and just let him talk. Like, but. remember, <laughs> did you see that thing he was doing for Ace Hotel? Yeah, it was, it's I think awesome. weekly. You know, Everyone, I was checking yeah. that out all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's, and he has so many amazing stories. I mean, just his like, Instagram he feed is like a museum. Keith Haring. Oh yeah. There's another one. Listeners, follow Sean Glass if you don't already, which I assume you do because this is T with SG. <laughs> follow Justin Strauss. That guy, even if he you can't uses hear Instagram him, as well now, as anyone, uh, period. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. he just did one for Good Room, and he's doing another one. I forget, but it's on my. He mentions it on my episode, so I linked it oh, or nice. something. But he's been doing yeah. a couple live streams. I'm very anti DJ live streams, and um, but I'm like, just let Justin do it, Eliasco Bar, you know, Honey Dijon, like let like the important DJs the do it. Yeah, yeah like like that's I'm, it. I'm though. totally the opposite. Just to put out there, I'm oh, I'm yeah. super into like people doing their janky ass setups because i like this is another thing about me like whenever i'm in a new city i love listening to local radio so sure, here okay, like fair. yesterday yeah, i was that's driving a great point. with my kid i was trying to get her to go to sleep so i was driving and i was listening to this hip-hop station that like was picking these choice choice tracks and uh and and their their mixing was horrible it was mm -hmm. terrible it was laughable it was honestly laughable it was like, it, and, but I even tweeted at them after I, I like, I like pulled over cause she was sleeping and, and I, I had to look up who they were and I tweeted at them. That shit is a hot set. Cause it was like, I fucking enjoyed the nice. shit out of that, man. So just, just to put it out there, I'm totally into like, you know, weird. I, I love like 
listening to that shit and then shazamming it and see like you know who actually uh like getting turned on to weird ass shit i don't know so what so where is your where do you begin when you come to an idea of of an episode of a of a show of a recording or something where where, where does it start for you i'll give an example to sort of answer that i just this last week uh woke up at 5 30 in the morning to record a conversation between Jenny Beth, who was the lead singer of Savages, and Jenny Vall, the uh, fantastic artist. Um, and HVAL. Yes, HVAL. And I only know it's Vall because she told me on Pitchfork Radio, everyone <laughs> says Jenny Haval, but it's not Haval, it's Vall. Uh, so I can and Jenny that Beth has a new solo from. album also. Jenny Beth has a new solo album. She's also, you know, she made her name with Savages, but then, of course, went on to have a uh, Beats show that's, I think, helped, you know, branch out for her. And um, Fascinating artists. And so the idea for that was I saw that Jenny Beth had written an erotic novel. And I thought to myself, well, I read Jenny Vall's last book. And even though it wasn't, it was just billed as a novel. I thought that it was really quite an erotic novel. And I thought, what a fascinating, like these women are both very, uh, I don't know if you've ever met them, but they're both very intimidating personalities. I've met they're very Beth, like because I was at friendly. Apple they're not and she was on Beats One, but I've never yeah, met Yeah, exactly. exactly. I assume you must have worked together. They're both women that like, uh, they're not going to talk about the weather, you know? They have no fucking interest in talking about the weather. And, uh, and, and I thought, let's get these two together. These are, I love their music. I hadn't read Jenny's, Jenny Beth's book yet because um, they hadn't sent out galleys, but I had seen her reading on Instagram. And I thought, let's try it. And so, and I hope this is helping to answer your question. So a lot of it was studying what artists I like are doing and then um, seeing where the fit's going to happen. So I got up at fucking the crack of dawn felt like the crack of dawn um and uh we recorded this wonderful conversation and i'm so glad that i paired them and and jenny beth said in the talk whoever paired us had a great idea mm. and i it just was one of those moments of like oh yes we fucking got it and uh so that was sort of that that's like a typical genesis like really studying artists and and uh, i spend so much time with people in real life. You know, obviously the pandemic has changed that, but I really make it a point to like, I love having tea and coffee with people. I love having lunches with people. I love going to shows. Well, that's where that sensitivity just, comes in. That's why I think that's why well, I was like giving you credit you, for being valuable because you put that time in. So it's, it's an example. It's like, there's other people who have put less time in. So yes, listen to the the primary source, but also there's like, a more there's there's a more definitive secondary source than other secondary sources and you are like a more definitive secondary source and there's massive value to that yeah yeah that's a nice way to look at it. i like that I, I think a lot of it comes for me i was a professional musician myself for like a decade i was touring in a band that we were always the band that opened for the big band we were not the big band ever we were called Scotland Yard Gospel Choir. We were on Bloodshot Records, but we were sort of like their weirdo band because they mm. were more known for, you know, the Americana movement and um, their biggest selling records were 
Ryan Adams, Heartbreaker, and early Nico Case records. And we were sort of, we were into like the Smiths and Bell and Sebastian and stuff like that. But I spent 10 years on the road and, um, you know, putting out records and, and it was, you know, I did radio. I mean, I got into interviewing by being interviewed like, you know, one or 2000 times myself as the artist. Right. And so I knew what was fucking annoying and what was stupid and what was rote. And so I try to leave that stuff out and I try to focus more on the heart of where people are coming from. And I don't always achieve that by any means, you know? Um, and, and obviously some formats are made to go deeper than others. Right. But I got a really nice compliment from JPEG mafia when we worked on the uh, Sonos radio hour, he said, I don't get along with most people, but I always like working with you. And it's cause you awesome. were in a band. I can tell. <laughs> I was oh, like, wow. Okay. Yeah, man. It meant a lot to me. I, I'm cool. sounding like an inveterate name dropper on this podcast, but it's because Not at all. you no, and I exist in this relevant. world. Yeah, exactly. Where, well, yeah, exactly. It's there's this context. Is our world it requires and, that yeah, context. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but, but that meant a lot to me, man. That really meant a lot to me. And, uh, and he's right. He is a tough guy to, you know, he's, he's like Jenny Vall, like Jenny Beth. He is not there to do small talk. And I appreciate that. Even the though I am, full I can talk about yeah. the weather for an hour. Yeah. 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 Well, so that example Another that you gave of the Jennies, you know, is, is perfect. Um, my original, it's funny that I launched this show with like the antithesis of what my original idea was. And th that's my, that's what I wanted it to be. Like when I was at Apple and we would be working on, on these, uh, on these formats, like I wanted to do something that was basically just special episodes, like just an episode like mm -hmm. that, where I would pair I would have these big ideas that we would explore and it would be, you know, like exact, that's, a, that's, that's literally like an example of what I would have wanted to do. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I honestly, I ended up launching now because of just the way things are and wanting to have just, you know, create discussion and, and create the alchemy. And, and I sort of sensed that like, there's was no reason to make it like making it perfect. I, I, I originally started with the idea at a time where I wanted to make everything perfect and I wanted to make everything constructed and outlined and like pairing these, these perfect storms. Um, and now the way that I look at the world is the alchemy is like the, and keeping it moving is, is the way forward. Yeah, and that, that's why well, like, I, I launched the way that I launched. Yeah, and, and I appreciate that. And I listened to your first episode where you sort of gave a thesis statement. And uh, I'll tell you what I really appreciated about it was that you really set out to get into the minds of people who, for whatever reason, you know, different reasons for each person, you appreciate on a deep level. And, and I remember, you know, different times in my life when I've had some really difficult times, like when my mother died, you know, very long illness. And I've sort of um, spun out a little bit and, and had to think about life in a bigger way. It always comes back to the real joy is people. Exactly. And how they that, that, that's and why the I was ready to launch. Make. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And so I really relate to that. Like, what's that record? Who made that record? We lost it in people. Um, it's some oh, big, like wait. major indie band, you know, maybe Modest Mouse or something. I don't remember. But I just love that concept. You know what I mean? 
like the magic is in people that that's what makes um, this fun for me is you know and especially being it, it's sort of like the way that i think about it is like i have a season two which is like exactly what you described which are these like you know more episode formats but my season one is just like yo we're all kind of in a weird spot right now and i want to pick like my favorite people and i want to go i just want to go really in it with them mm-hmm. and no the value i appreciate of, ah, yeah. you forgot it in people by broken social scene there we go yeah that's what i thought it was i was, I was like yeah, it's either yeah. a, a tech ray or, or broken social scene and i was yeah, about yeah. to say it. <laughs> um no but, but i appreciate that you're doing that man it's, yeah, that's what's fun that's for where me. the magic is. It's it's this excuse to go deep with people that I know but don't take the time to, or to reach out to people who I've never spoken to before and say, Hey, like I have, you know, passion for, for what you do and I would love to like explore it together. So that that's kind yeah. of like the framework that I think about and just going into ideas that they care about and like where the ideas come from and how they exist in the world and how so like that's why um you know i'm focused on like your sensitivity and your construction so you're sensitive and then you distill you know alchemy happens inside of you and then you think of like how do i put that into the world it's all about expression and understanding you know so you receive things and then you analyze them you start to understand them and then you need to go do something further you know this is art making you need to go do something further to fully understand it yourself and to transfer that understanding. So, you know, you receive the music and then you look at their books and then you realize the connections and then you want to understand deeper why they both made similar connections, why they Mm -hmm. both affected their Mm -hmm. art in similar ways. What would happen if they were able to dispel that together and you want to be the one to, to make that happen. And then we all, you know, and then it gets transferred to all of us. And that, that's yeah, art. and that often doesn't happen organically. Like, you know, I mean, you and I know the music world. And, you know, when I was touring, you get to meet your heroes. You get to play with them and meet them backstage. But they're not substantive conversations because no. you're working. You know, it's it, it's sexy from the outside. You know, you're going town to town or fest to fest. But, you know, it's really a whirlwind. And you get junkets. Like, you, get, you get talking Yeah, points. exactly. You get like a junket where the artist is doing, you know, 10 interviews that day and that's why um, everything I do I want to be off cycle I don't want to do anything on cycle yeah well we we that's actually a focus at talk house where we, we make sure to switch it up so that it's not all one of either you know right. we actually like we, we, we purposely live in the middle there but um but yeah man I so like when I got to get Stephen Merritt from Magnetic Fields together with Jarvis Cocker I thought this will never happen in real life you know yeah. it, this will never happen on its own but but when we did the fucking magic is there man mm-hmm. i mean these are two of the geniuses of our time i think you know definitely and uh i mean you know two of the genius songwriters of our time i should say and uh how cool is that how cool is that i feel so i i don't know what is out there as far as a higher power but i legitimately and i'm not saying this out of my ass i legitimately thank it every day for my career i feel so fucking grateful because I get to work with all my favorite musicians. I get to share the stuff that I love and I get to make way more money than I did as a musician. You know, like, you know, like I get to God. make like a, a comfortable living, you know what uh-huh. I mean? And you get Whereas to stay musician, where you I was are, like, you get to have Yeah, exactly. As a musician, it was really tough. You know, I'd be working, sure. going out on tour, coming back and waiting tables and going back and 
coming back to work in a coffee, you know, it's tough times, man. Um, then you'd get a bunch of money for a sink and then, you know, that money goes away because you have to buy a van. This yeah. is a lot nicer in a lot of ways. And I really do. I'm so appreciative of it. Yeah. So where do you see, so how long have you been doing, you know, talk and interview as, as like a full-time thing? It's weird because it's sort of sweet, like everything sort of melded together. So the band ended in like 2009. We had this horrible tour accident where, um, you know, three of the members had really bad injuries, me and two others, including Mark, who I mentioned earlier, um, my, my producer and dear friend. He was, he, he almost died. They had to chopper him out. And, uh, and, and, you know, we'd worked so hard and we were finally poised to like bring the band to the next level. And we just couldn't, we couldn't support the record at all. It came out like a couple weeks before the crash. And, um, and so I, I sort of switched out of thinking that that's what I would always do and um, started the solo project Fashion Brigade that I finally put out a record uh, earlier or late last year of. But, um, but I would say the first radio interview I did was like right around that time where I was the host. And where that came from was there's this station called WXRT in Chicago. And it's like, I think it's the biggest rock station in Chicago, but it's not like um, the stuff you and I listen to as much. It's more mainstream oriented with sort of a, a slight indie bent, but they'd had me on as the guest artist and the program director, Marty Leonard's pulled me over after and said, listen, man, you're really good at this. Do you want to come host this sometime? And that was my big break in radio, you know, and I was doing a lot of off Broadway, um, at the same time. So it's hard to say when I went full time, but it's been you've some been, years. About now. a decade. Yeah. You've been, you've been doing decade, it for. Yeah, so, exactly. I've been doing it. And I, you know, I'd done college radio before that. Um, and, and uh, I'd interviewed other artists as an artist, like almost in an interview magazine style a little mm -hmm. bit. So, you know, I'd sort of had my toe in it, but, um, but I really jumped in. And, and then the last, like, six years have been like a huge ramp up you know yes because the, the reason yeah. why i ask is that is is i want to understand a little bit contextually historically a little bit about what's happened over the last uh, six years and then what you see over the last really like right over the last short window of the acceleration and mm -hmm. what you think you know is happening next <laughs> i am concerned that there's too many podcasts now Mm. I'll admit that because, you know, like, remember when everybody got garage band and then everybody was suddenly like, you know, putting out their music and well, some of what, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about with live streams. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, yo, like, yeah. you know, it's cool that you want to play for a few friends, but like using your, you know, I just too much shit and then we get noise and then we devalue the art making, you know? Yes. I mean, that is true, man. That is true. Uh, there's no doubt about that element, but, um, yeah, and there, there's, you know, how many fucking podcasts can we listen to, right? And then on the other hand, think how many radio stations there are. Think how many television stations there are. Think how many websites there are. So, you know, it's like, it's about building a community around it of people who want to keep listening to what you're doing, I suppose. But, um, but it's an interesting time. Like, 
I listen to some podcasts and I think, why did you bother doing this? You set up one mic, you had four people who aren't interesting around it. And you just wasted an hour of my time, you know? I mean, most uh, of them are just people chatting about bullshit, you know? And Yeah, exactly. But but the, the, the premise hooks you, you know what I mean? Like they're talking about something you like, an artist you like, or a record, or, or yeah. a film. And uh, yeah, what a fucking waste of time. But I, I mean, you know, on the other hand, there's so many people making such quality work that I literally can't listen to it all, you know? And I like it like that. The I quality like and like the that. quantity. That's how both I want things up. to be. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, I'm not going to say the cream rises to the top because I don't believe that, but a lot of great shows have resilience, you know, and, um, and because I live in it, people are always sending me stuff to check out. And sometimes I'm surprised, like, pe- you know, people come out fully formed or, um, you know, like people are innovating on what things can look like, like it's not new anymore, but song exploder. Mm hmm. That's a fantastic music show. And it's sort of a simple premise, but it's just brilliantly executed. And um, Rishi and I, and and, and it was funny, I got to meet Rishi. We became professionally friendly, but when I first met him, uh, it was at a taping of Talk House and he was taping that in the same building. And we were both like, oh, wow, you're the guy from, it was this great Mm -hmm. moment of like, oh, we listened to each other's stuff. Right. And like, I think they're fucking great, you know? So um, they are, yes. I hope I'm not on a ramble here. No, no, I hope this I'm is not all, in the weeds. That's, no, not at all. No, this is. Yeah. The, but, but then, Sean, stuff. like, okay, cool. Like, I'll discover stuff. Like, so I worked um, with Stephen Merritt for Magnetic Fields a number of times in different capacities. We've done, um, you know, whether it's like I, I, I curated a series for Pitchfork at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Chicago, and I brought him in for that for a talk. And, um, he's been on talk house. He's been on, um, all kinds of things. And, and, uh, he, he recently mentioned that he was on a show called creative control. And I looked it up. I'd never even heard of it. Creative control, two K's. And it, it was a great episode. It was, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was, a, it was a strong interview and I enjoyed it. I never fucking heard of this show. And it has like 500 plus episodes and when i mentioned it to my wife she said oh yeah that's uh, my wife oh she knew phillips it. is the um she's a manager at pitchfork yeah exactly so she lives in music too and she was like oh yeah that's and i forget it, the host name that's uh, that's blah 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 show so you know my point being like even though i like to think i have my finger on the pulse of music podcasts boy there's so many it's like how well, the fuck so can this you? brings up the network effect you know there can be there's just we live in a um, an ecosystem where the network effect is so powerful in a sense that like I can launch this on my own. You know, I, I, I like I can plug this in like the people who I was going to launch this with before when I was talking about it like last year or a couple of years ago, like mm-hmm. I could do anything. I could just literally, I could just do whatever the fuck you know like rambly show and it'll get you know a million clicks or whatever because it plugs into a network or you could do you know the thing like the network is so like where do you see the network effect you know involved in the the art making and and the communication How, how has it evolved what do you think like that's interesting i think about that a lot like one of my um 
a lot of my broadcast heroes have had things in their lives. It, I, if I find out later that were um, questionable, but but one of my broadcast heroes is Charlemagne the God, who does the Breakfast Club. He's great. Yeah. I think he's really fucking brilliant at what he does, and I loved his first book, um, Black Privilege. And in that book, he talked about how it's important for the host to always remember that the network is bigger than the host. Like no matter if you start to have success, don't let your ego run away with that because they can always replace you. Right. And, and I agree with that. And I agree with that I also agree that you can build your own brand and move that brand, you know, and that the network you're working with is malleable and you can move it to a, a more fitting place. So, you know, it goes both ways, but, but I appreciate that. Uh, so how does someone like Rishi move his audience without, you know, if he, if he were to lose a network, and move to yeah. a new place is it through instagram is it through you know how does he tell people an email blast that's a good question man that's a really good question i mean i hope uh i, I think a lot of it is you start a new show and people are following you on social media and you say at the end of your show you know we're ending this and we're you know we're gonna yeah. start something else stay tuned and it can be difficult to rebuild but um i mean that's that's difficult because you know my behavior i don't I don't do that when I listen. Like I don't click to someone's, they, they say it, of course. Just like I don't go on MailChimp though, when they tell me to. I don't go on, I don't follow them on Instagram because I listen to their podcast. I receive their art through the podcast. So, some people I do, but it's because I, I want to follow them on Instagram. I don't use Instagram to keep up with things or Twitter. I, I use it as a sort of an art gallery. You know, I use it to yeah, consume material that will it's it's like reading you know I, I don't i have this conversation with friends a lot like i don't care where you are on vacation things like that it's not mm -hmm. use instagram or twitter to keep up with friends i i will go look at friends but it's usually because we're in touch and i already you know it's usually like they follow me and i see them in my story mm -hmm. and then i look and that's how i keep up with friends but I don't follow them because I don't want that information coming to my feed. A podcaster, for example, like I listened to Winds of Change and I really loved it, but I don't want to follow the guy on Instagram or Twitter, even if that means that I get their update when there's an update that I probably find valuable. Right. So I need that right. to reach me in a different way. I'm also not going to sign up for that guy's email because I know that he's going to send me a bunch of bullshit and he's not going to make another show that I really care about listening to for, for a while. And I don't want to be mm -hmm. subscribed to this email blast for, you know, getting it every week about some shit that I don't care about just to be aware of this one thing that he will eventually do that I maybe will care about. I hope that I get it on AV club or vulture or something like that. And then I see that, Oh, this guy who did winds of change a year and a half ago did something else. And I want to listen to it, but yeah, well, I, think I don't that's know. a good example. Cause like one show I would use in the, as an example in this conversation is like, um, you know, Jad Abumrad, who's half of the, along with Robert Pearl, which is half of, um, uh, Radio Lab. Um, I, I don't know the names, but I know like, that Radio Lab is a show. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, that yeah, it's sort of like a marquee, like NPR esque yeah. show. Um, but like Jad was also the guy behind the Dolly Parton's America podcast series last okay. year, which I loved. I I fucking loved it. And it's it's like you say, like I don't follow Jad on social media. I appreciate his work very deeply, 
Um, I don't know him personally, but I appreciate his work. And um, and I You're just down found out to about listen to whatever he's behind as a podcast because exactly. he's a good podcast. But like you say, yes, exactly. How do we know? But but like you say, I've probably read about that somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly. Vulture or something like that. Like Dolly Parton's America. I listened to it. I didn't even know it was Jad's. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But That's what I'm saying. So like I have like um, 70,000 emails or something like that on from, from, mm-hmm. you know, I've thrown events for years. So I have, I have like a right, crazy right. email list. Like I, I think I've had more, I've had hundreds of thousands, but I like cleaned it up to like, okay, this is from something that people don't necessarily subscribe from, but like I could mm-hmm. blast my show. Out. I haven't used it in, in a while. And like, I could blast my show out. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel, I feel so, I don't understand. Um, how so the, the whole the, the whole system of communication i think of sharing is broken right now where we're not actually getting the things that we you know the only thing that isn't like i do read pitchfork vulture av club stuff like that like they just mm-hmm. do the work at finding the stuff that i probably give a shit about so i don't find it though you know, I don't find the new cool, like it's, I have a lot on my release radar on Spotify because I've curated it. But if it's not, if it's not followed yet, it's, I will never see it. Cause I don't listen. I don't go on the algorithmic playlists, because, right. you know, they're, they're garbage. So I'll listen to pitchfork best new music, but mm-hmm. I'll sure. listen to release radar and pitchfork best new music. I have no idea how to, you know, they don't allow to so Bandcamp is like a closer mechanism to, so I love like Sacred Bones records, for example, and I want to hear and sure. they put out. Sure. So I get that from Bandcamp, but on Jenny Spotify. Yeah. yeah, there you go, great. <laughs> uh, you can't follow Sacred Bones on Spotify and you also can't follow the the, the, the podcast. You, you know, I can't follow Elia Einhorn on Spotify podcasts or Apple podcasts. Right. I yeah. can just figure out yeah, through Googling this person. Private. I have so many weird lists. Oh no, I mean I want to follow like, oh, you're on you're the guy talking on Talkhouse. Oh, you're right, also the right, guy right. talking on Pitchfork. How do I put on that together? Or, you know? Or songs. Yeah. You know what I think it is? I mean, A, it is like you if you really want to stay in the loop, you have to follow all these people on social media and stay on top of what they're posting. I mean, I spend a lot of time doing that, you know, but also I think that there's sort of the idea that you follow certain friends or, or media figures who you trust, who you have similar taste to, and you trust, you know what I mean? Who then right. like, you can see what they're on and then it's, they're sort of amplifying stuff so that say they spend a hundred hours finding the best new music of that yeah. week or, you know, or that month, you, you only have to spend a couple hours, you know, looking yourself and listening to their show or reading their mm-hmm. blog or subscribing to their newsletter. And they're sort of, uh, you know, an amplifier that you trust. Right. I don't know, but yes, but it's absolutely. Tough, it's media redefined. It's, it's pitchfork, six albums you should listen to this Friday, things like that, that I look to exactly, that, you know, it's NPR new music Friday. Um, it's things like that, that I look to that they put the work in and they're going to serve me what they think is valuable. And I'm going to, take a percentage of that as value exactly. to myself then you used your radar but i'll tell you man like you and i follow each other on twitter and you know i try to keep it very posicore on my social media you know i i do post stuff about politics that's not positive um because i i 
because it's not a positive situation. But other than mm. that, like I actually take the opposite track from you where like I don't diss artists or I don't like post stuff I don't like. I only post stuff I like or care mm-hmm. about. But um but dude just to be clear I to occasionally, anyone listening, I very rarely talk trash. I usually right, just exactly. ignore not, this is but not I talk trash when there's like yeah, a yeah. point to it. And the point to that like, oh, yeah, yeah. thing or was it's a that huge record that's that's what it was that there were so much yeah. resources handed to these people who are clearly so out of touch. And there's right, so right, much right. better. There, there's like I was talking about the stylist and the choreography and stuff like that. And I went through who they ripped off. I, I, I went through the whole <laughs> thing of who they should have hired for it and and how B-list they went and how late they were. And that on this scale. The only way that this happens is when people are so fucking out of touch that like they don't realize that they're years late and they're paying the wrong, you know, they're hiring copycats and yeah, they don't what's actually popping. That's what yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah. It wasn't just to be like, fuck Lady Gaga. Like, I don't think fuck Lady Gaga. Oh, of really course, of course, her, you know? of course. Right. Um, but, but yeah, like there are some days, dude, I just want to tweet, but it sounds so ungrateful. I would never do it. You know, it sounds so, so spoiled, but I just want to tweet you guys have no idea how much fucking terrible music I listen to for you. Like to, for, for my listeners, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I listen to horrible music all the time, uh, all the time, every day I'm inundated with horrible music. Now, like I say, I'm still thanking whatever higher powers out there every day for my gig. If that's part of it, that's fine. And you know, I enjoy elements of that, but dude, there is so much fucking garbage out there. And so, you know, I hope that I can distill the good stuff and then, people who listen to any of my shows can sort of take away the good without having to sift through all the bad. You know what I mean? The challenge is signal to noise and you get better and better at it every year, but you do have a challenge in that you have these gaps that you're trying to fill where you are saying things like I have ideas that I'm trying to execute that I'm trying to infrastructuralize, you know, and, and you can't. Mm -hmm. And part of that is your signal to noise ratio is, drowning and we all we all are we all no i don't think there's anyone on earth who has their current signal to noise ratio in a good place uh we're all struggling with it's that. it's unnatural man it's really unnatural i mean human brains are not evolved to deal with what we're dealing with you know it's it's too much if you could see my inbox and i i assume yours is probably similar Oh, and no, my wife Amy's is exponentially worse. Mine used to be bad. The amount but it's not of anymore. emails. Okay. <laughs> the amount of emails I get a day is insane. It's yeah. literally, I mean, it, you know, it's it's impossible. If you wanted to read every one of my emails, we'd have to have a team of like 15 people whose right. job it was to just read and respond to all the emails, you know? Right. It's nuts. And uh having said that, I welcome emails and you know, I at least read the fucking uh, subject line of everything you know yeah. but like I actively at the end of talk house episodes you hear me say email me here's my email but um but it's nuts man it's just nuts the signal to noise I like I like that yeah I think it's a huge metaphor. part of, of living you know that's my tea that's my um it's, yeah. it's, it's the meditation yeah. it's the distilling I think well for me uh you and I only got only met really, or maybe, maybe I think I actually spoke to Amy more when I was like more gotcha. in it, like at Apple and stuff. Right, like, right, cause right. I did a lot when with you throwing like I would, DJing. Well, yeah. I would, well, I would just be handing like, I would be like handing things to Pitchfork 
when we'd have like a video premiere or something regularly. So I think gotcha, she gotcha. was one of my, yeah. I think we talked then, but that oh, was, was that when, when I was with glass note. No, with, with Apple when we were doing oh, like Apple. our exclusives gotcha, gotcha. and stuff like that. And I'd be like oh, making something yeah. for pitchfork, but yeah. you and I, I don't think ever like really connected when I was more like in the industry world, like running around all the time, but I could tell you the exact day we connected. Um, was it that first Jane Birkin show? It was backstage at Jane Birkin at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, cool. That's um, what I thought. So uh, let's see, February. F- this was deep into my- Early I've, February yeah, 2018, a couple I've years been, back, yeah. Exactly, like I'd been disconnected for a yeah, while. Thursday, February point. 1st. Oh, wow, <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yeah, I just Googled I, it. I know exactly when we met. That's beautiful, beautiful. But like, I didn't want, I was very much, you know, in a situation like you described where like when I was running connected Apple, I would get, you know, everyone would email me. I was the guy to get the feature. So it was just, it was, yeah. Like I kept my actual email. Like I didn't use my Apple email. I kept with personal because Mm -hmm. I just thought that would like get passed around less. Like once you mm-hmm. put at apple.com on your emails and stuff, people, oh, love you, you know, it's just like at pitchfork.com, you know, people get like a little fetish about that. So I'd never used oh, my yeah, Apple email. Yeah. And I think that helped me actually too. Cause when they would That's see a like move. a gmail.com, I think they would like not believe that it's real or something like that or like whatever. So maybe they were yeah. just like less apt to professionally email my personal email. <laughs> so I like made myself more M anyway, but um, I, uh, isn't it also funny parenthetically how many celebrities emails are like only their name at like gmail yo it's, it's everyone like fans have no idea how fucking yeah. easy it is to email their heroes like just if reverse, they just try like seven like, combinations They're not yeah like i don't know but like cocker.jarvis i guarantee is his gmail you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> like something like that like like it's it's I'm one saying of nothing on this topic of course of course no no, no. but like it's very sim. like yeah like you know, it's not anymore, but like Donald Glover at me.com was like oh, the yeah, email for a long yeah. time. It's, it's not, but I don't care if it's now because it's long gone, but like right, that right. was his email. Like yeah. that when I, so when I talked to him, that was it. <laughs> it was just Donald Glover oh at me.com. Anyone could use it. But um, yeah, like I, I got myself, um, I don't know. I took myself out of it. I, uh, I went quiet and I, and it took, uh, it took a lot of time to, I don't know, it's like to remove yourself and then re, you have to, you have to like the amount of energy, the amount of signal that's coming, you know, the amount of noise that's coming through, you have to let it die down. And then it takes a long time to rebuild, to, to get, the, to get the, the, the motor running again. But you have to like, you have to let the motor stop. And it's a very scary thing. I'll tell you, know, personally, I'll tell you, like going from the machine being as in the machine as, as anyone. And, you know, I was DJing, I was working, I was, you know, I was in the morning doing one thing. I had record label on the side. I had my own events. I had my tours. I had, I had so many things, so many, yeah, I was designing clothes. I was doing so many things. I would literally like leave Apple music office and then go to East LA to a printing shop like it was I was doing all and I was going to parties and I was you know doing all the stuff and you, it takes a lot of work and time and resistance and isolation to, to really to 
have your own noise die down. And, and this was, I say, you know, we talk about privilege of like, oh, you know, I'm in Mexico, you're in Philly and we're stable in the, in the quarantine. Like the most privileged mm-hmm. thing I've ever been able to do in my life is, uh, is, is, is retreat, is leave. And the fact that I, the way that I did it basically was I just had enough. It took, it, like I still had DJ gigs for a little while and then mm-hmm. I had consulting gigs for you know as long as I needed really um and those I had done enough in my career at that point that those would pay me like more than they should pretty much you know disproportionately like like I got so much money for like four days of work and then Mm -hmm. I could like but I but but that four days like I wasn't really in the world you know I was just like doing a creative product like one video or something and then I could like live on that for a while um but it was so intense and scary this period. And now I'm just coming back. Now my music's done. I'm literally submitting, like when we get off the phone, I'm submitting my film to Venice and like all this shit's, you know, now the show is like, I'm doing all these things now, but it took, it's been like three years and that's what it really like the amount of, I I say this cause like we talk about, you know, the, you say like it's unhealthy, the amount of, noise that we that we have to distill and i'm telling you like like i hit the point at some point you know 2016 probably where i was feeling the urge i remember i was in cuba yeah i was in cuba for new year's 2016 to 2017 and that was when i said it for the first time i was like i think i need to get out and uh because there were no there's no phones there and stuff and like i was like i think i need and and i did about like within the year i did but it took so what a much. huge change. Yeah. What a huge change, man. I, I honestly feel incapable of taking it. And I, I I'm so, <laughs> I respect that. Uh, too. Like, well, it's just that I feel I respect so, it more than a lot anyone, of it's you know? fear based. That's what I'm saying. It's so based. fucking scary. Right. Right. Because I, I, you it's know, still. I fought so hard and built so much to get to where I'm at the, the idea of, uh, taking that time off is, is, is quite a scary prospect, but, but you, did you think you would come back or did you think you would like reform or, or, or did you think you were just done? You know, you, you'd, you'd been in it for so long where you toast. So I didn't want out. I wanted different. Okay. I didn't yeah, want yeah, to, yeah, I wanted yeah, bigger. Yeah. I looked at Kanye and I said, so I, I actually, I didn't want uh, out. I wanted to be bigger than. <laughs> as as, sure. as like so I, I i came up with this phrase around that time ian rogers was like my guiding voice around inspiring individuality and this you know when we talk about azalea and kanye and these like i just basically crossed this threshold of like i'm capable of seeing things a certain way and i need to go build that period and that will supersede the rest of i have now done enough things that I can build my own world. And, um, and, then, and then the next phrase was like, kill your ego, embrace your narcissism. And mm-hmm. I don't know where that came from. I just had it in my head. Um, I don't think it came from anywhere. It was because it, I, I define them different than most people do, where I, I effectively just decided like identity, ideology, uh, personality, self, not a thing, doesn't exist. We just do stuff and what we do is all there is and it's the most important thing in the universe and we must and that is the narcissism that i embrace and it has to be darwinian 
not everyone can cross the same threshold because your narcissism must create a universe that everyone can live in. A beautiful, it has to be a beautiful universe that serves everyone. And I crossed this line effectively feeling that I had the ability to create a universe that wasn't just for me, that was for all these people around me. I would see things around me that were being done in a way that I did not like. I would look mm -hmm. at the industry. I would look at women in my life. I would look at people that didn't have the same color skin as me. I would look at things. I would look at artists, most importantly. I would look at creatives. I would look at sensitive, emotional people that were not being handled with care. And mm -hmm. not that the care mattered to me. I don't give a shit about the care. What I give a shit about is that they get to make the things that they make because that's, what, that's the world that I want to live in. And that lack of care gets in the way. And that was what I wanted. So I didn't want to get out because I wanted, so I went all the way in when Larry invited me, Larry Jackson. To join Apple. Right. Yes. I was, I, when I realized, it took, me, it took me a minute to realize what that meant. But oh, when I realized I that- I mean, you guys were at the forefront. You, you were changing the industry. We got I full autonomy. We, it was yeah. incredible. It just didn't last. We didn't, we didn't get to keep doing it. So once I was still in it and realizing where it was headed, that it wasn't that, I, want, I had no interest anymore. So I, I, I burned it. I, I, didn't, I didn't say I'm going to burn it. I went, I hail married myself basically. And I was just like, I only want to be here if I get to build what we, did, what we tried to build. So I tried mm -hmm. to, I, 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 you know, I came up with this plan and I, I, I gave it to the people who, you know, I went over heads and I was just like, it's only like, I only care about this company if it's going to do, if it's going to democratize creativity, if it's going to put, if it's going to empower publishers, literally like Pitchfork was one of my, like, you know, like I want Pitchfork to be more important even than it is now. And mm -hmm. I want creatives to be the most important. Like I want artists sharing other artists to be the most impactful thing that can possibly mm -hmm. happen on the internet. And if that's not what we're going for, then it's just marketing and I don't want to be a marketer. And that was where I was going to be allowed to, that was, that was what I was going to be allowed to do. And I didn't want that. And so, so that was the end of that relationship for you. Exactly. And um, yeah. I then shortly after, once I like look at everyone else, you know, I kind of, I took a few meetings, you know, like I met with the right people I got, you know, because of my position, like I met with the, you know, you know, all their names, like major, major people. And I, sure, I had the meetings. It wasn't for lack of access. Of so I had, I was given the craziest job. I was the last person to get my job. You know, everyone else after it was a department. It was a huge, mm -hmm. now there's like a hundred people, but I was the only one who got it as, you know, an individual. And then I went to the other places to see, because they all wanted the same thing. But then when I told them what it took, they couldn't do that. And well, isn't that always the case, man? Exactly. People love the, the concept, but they're not willing to put in the, the resources. And the, I, they said they the wanted labor. what we, yeah. me and Larry did. Everyone. Mm -hmm. Once I was like a free agent, because everyone wanted to do it. Larry Jackson is just like, he just destroys everybody. And everyone chases Larry. And I was Larry's, you know, single. I was, I was the only other Larry out there. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm, I'm a free agent. So yeah, so I talked yeah. to everyone, but then, and I had no reason not to, you know, like no one, they, Apple didn't give a shit what I did, you know, cause they didn't want what I offered anymore. So 
Uh, I was ready to do it for anyone else really who would empower me, but no one could do that. Uh, Larry and Jimmy and Ian and Trent were the only people who got it across the line, you know, who got it, who got the budgets, who got the freedom, who got the scale and everyone else, they had the same scale, you know, anyone, any of YouTube, Amazon, Snapchat, any of these companies could have, but they didn't, they, they didn't choose to do it like spotify right. i remember we uh, steve saboka left and uh i introduced him to larry and he ended up getting he ended up moving to apple uh, and i remember i had lunch with steve and we broke down two separate campaigns that we did and he said 100 people touched his and he asked me how many touched mine and i said four it was me larry yeah. and two executive producers who produced the video and that was yeah. it and he had 100 and uh and that and that wasn't good and that was like anyway but uh i didn't want to do that anymore because i knew that it wasn't that, you know, the network effect was not going to like we were talking about with podcasts. Like, it's just not, it, it's just, it's, it's something else. And I want to build our, I want to build our ecosystem. I want to build our universe. And yeah. So, you know, I left to do art really. I, I left to build a universe. I wanted to make films. I wanted to, I, I kind of, I kind of thought about it. Like, you know, when I was 20 years old and I was 15 years old, what did I want to do? Who, who was I? And, uh, and, and none of that changed actually. It's just like I went and did all this stuff that allowed me to combine craft with ideas and I hit the point where I was capable of it. Uh, when I was younger, I, I was not. And over the last few years, I realized, you know, I put myself to the test a little bit with, with things I've made. And it is, I'm able to, to synthesize those ideas and, and manifest them, you know, and actualize them with art. So, you know, the music, the film, the, the clothing, the, the show, these things that I'm doing are, are things that I'm just doing myself in ways that I wouldn't have allowed myself. I wouldn't have had, I don't know if it's the courage or the whatever. I wouldn't have had the ability, the skill to do it when I was younger. But now I just really think that we have all of the tools at our disposal today and the noise, the, 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 solution to the noise is just making really good stuff because you can continuously you can just spend every day making good stuff we don't have to live the life anymore as artists as creatives as as makers we no longer have to live the cycle where you make something and then you have to promote it for a bunch of time you could just make something and then make something else and then make something else and then make something else and they each promote the other and that is what is so exciting. And, and so that's why, you know, when I think about like the Elliot Einhorn ecosystem, there's Pitchfork, there's Talkhouse, there's Sonos, there's, there's you know, this is Britain, there's, there's different. Mm-hmm. But in my DJ there. night for listeners who don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's in his link. I'll put it in the description. But, um, <laughs> you know, that is, that, that's the thing that I want to, to be bigger, to be more mm-hmm. impactful, that like, this ecosystem that you build, this body of work. And I want the audience. I want the habits. This is like the future. I think, you know, the habits of the consumers to shift from like, turn on the radio, turn on the TV, turn on Netflix, turn on Spotify to, I want to see all the stuff that this person is doing. I agree with you on that. And I, and I hope, I hope that social media plays a role in to, to sort of call back to what we're talking about. In, in letting people know what they're doing across multiple disciplines that mm-hmm. maybe wouldn't touch each other as much. Because like you're, for example, working on film, podcast, records. I mean, people... I'm literally mastering a record today and yeah, editing a film while like, like my editors 
and my produ- my editor and on the film and my producer on the music are at work or in session while I'm talking to you. And I will go I back that. in a session when we finish. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And, you know, people who, who see your film may not know that you have a podcast. People who hear I your music may not out. know that you make films. And, uh, and, and social media does help with that. But, but, but I hear you, man. I hear you. I mean, I always think of, like, Blake as somebody who created his own universe and with, with its own, like, symbology, you know? And, like, Whitman did, too, to some degree. A William Blake, you mean? Yeah. Oh, I was like, I was yeah, like, sorry. wait, uh, I was like, he's not talking <laughs> about Blake Mykoski, please. No, no, <laughs> sorry. sorry. But, but William but Blake, the writer. Yeah. Who, okay. Yeah. These writer and, and illustrator. Create, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Who create their own universes and, and it takes time to immerse yourself in it. And there's so many rewards when you take that time. Uh, yes. I feel like Jamila Woods is doing that to some degree right now um, with, with her music her. and her poetry. Tell, yeah. And, tell me. Um, well, I just feel like she's an artist who is, you know, ju- you could listen in a cursory way and, and you would enjoy it. And, and it would be both um, catchy and powerful, and, mm-hmm. which you can't say for that many artists. But then if you immerse yourself more, there's all these connective tissues that lead, you know, from song to song, from record to record, and then out to her poetry and then into her community action work. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it, there are artists worth that immersion, that, that, that time. And um, it's funny because what you're talking about sort of sounds to me like what I was describing about visiting David Byrne's setup. You want to have right. a, a team that you trust, but that you are certainly the creative force at the head of who can help you make every idea instead of mm-hmm. having to compromise in the context of the a corporation. Is, is that right? Y- yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, nucleus, totally. the creative nucleus, the infrastructure, the organization. And, and the challenge for me, a lot of what I think about right now is I was so good at marketing when I believed in marketing. And that was what mm-hmm. I was best at. You know, I, I did a bunch of stuff, but like what made it stand out? Like it wasn't, I didn't like make the best music. I wasn't the best DJ. I, I might have been the best like party producer, actually. Like that's the one thing that I'll give myself credit for. Like I think I was actually the best at that. Like my events are actually like better produced than everyone else's. And I didn't not- live in New York, but from what I've heard about some of those, like when you were doing full house takeovers and shit, sound amazing. Yeah, like my like my Chinatown reunion with six floors was, was like an artwork. <laughs> like I had, it was anyway, but that would that might've been my one thing that like I actually was excellent at, but everything else I wasn't like, people didn't come to my DJ nights. Cause I was like, like I, I was, I'm a really good DJ. I love DJing, but like, I'm not better than Justin or Ellie or whatever. It's not like, I, I don't, I, you're definitely I was better than at. me. Definitely neither of us are as good as Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's got this one. But what I was good at is I was good at knowing how to connect dots and create noise in a mm-hmm. way that connected to people. And I could do that with the internet. I could do that with people showing up to things. I could do that with products. I could do that with, with really anything that I believed in, you know. And now, like, it's the inverse. And now I only make things that I think are the best in the world. 
like the film that I'm making, the film that I'm submitting to Venice, like I think is just, it's, it's exactly what I want to make. Uh, the music I think sounds like nothing else. Yeah. Like, I don't think anyone's making music, anything similar to what I'm making. And I'm making vital music that not just is my expression, but it has to be in the world. Uh, this show, I don't think there's anything else, even my, even my like, you know, off the cuff season one that I'm doing right now with the, uh, the esoteric and, and the, the eclectic curation of guests. Like, I don't think that exists on the internet, you know? And I only want to make things that are just excellent and essential right now. And I have no, I have put, like, I, I don't know how to market anything anymore. I don't really believe in it. I just make stuff. So that's kind of the challenge now is like, okay, cool. I've now inverted my process, figured out how to make stuff, but I don't believe anyone, like anyone I talk to also, I don't believe their process. Like, they, like right, right, I don't right. like any marketers. It's all unraveling. Yeah, it's all garbage. But and I'm you just know, like, I also eh. think, like you, you, just, you said excellent and exceptional, I think are the two words you used about stuff you want to put out. Essential. And I don't hold myself to that standard. It's interesting. I take a different approach because I feel like in order to get to the best stuff, I have to put out other stuff that's not the best. You know what I mean? Like, um, so I, I mean, like, I did I like that, that for my whole life. Yeah, right, right. You know that? I don't know if it's a, it's not like a proverbial in the biblical sense, but, but that story about who makes a better bowl, the person hmm. who spent, you know, three months making one bowl or the person who made 50 bowls during right. that time, you know? So I'm trying to make those 50 bowls and hopefully I've uh, gotten to a point in my career where, you know, uh, maybe I'm at bowl number 46 now, you know, <laughs> getting better and better. But, but, um, but, I, but on the other hand, I do hear you. Well, about, I would just say the repetition of making the bowls also makes you make better bowls in general, that it's exactly, not one of exactly. the 50 is going to be that, right. That's right it's at the, the heart. They're all, you know. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. And, uh, uh, but, but I also hear you in that the feeling that you want everything you put out to have the touch of excellence or, or that feeling that you mentioned about your film, like it's exactly what you want it to be. I mean, it's so magical when you get to hit that point, right? Yeah, for me it's speaking. rare that something it's, is like exactly what i thought you know it's less about the precision than it is about the essential aspect of it like it's not it's not i don't think you know there's some it's not about grading it it's about like is this saying something is this creating understanding i want everything to create understanding and understanding can be very small and it could be you know vast it could be world changing but mm -hmm. I just, I want everything to go through that filter of understanding. And it's not about like every song needs to be it's nitpicky and perfect. It's, it's, it's just, I need to have an idea behind it. I don't want to put anything out that's just like DJ records, you know, that's just like, yeah, oh yeah, totally. I got three grand for this remix. So I'm going to like put a beat behind it and spend an afternoon yeah. on it. And like, it's I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to put anything into the world. Like I, I want to create the precedent that everything that I put out into the world is, is measured. And I, I feel essential to the person who you know jamila woods someone who just like wants to see what she's doing i want to respect whoever you know is paying attention to my stuff that they get that that, that, that i don't that i don't take a day off and i don't send them something that i don't send them you know my c plus meaning yes like, I, yeah, I don't want to do totally. bullshit i don't want to waste their time so it's, it's not that every single thing I do has to be massive. Yeah. 
you were saying you've deleted it. What? Did I cut out? Hello? Elia? Yeah. So Elia was talking about uh, deleting C pluses. Yes, I've deleted some C plus. I've deleted some C plus work off the internet. You know, stuff that I thought was as good as it could be at the time. And then as I totally. honed my skills, looked back and thought, okay, that was, uh, that was bowl number four out of 50. But, uh, but I do think I'm, that you make the bowls and you make it. them better and better. And I respect the dude who's making 50 bowls because he's constantly making bowls and he knows what the fuck he's doing. And he's iterating every time, every time. And, you know, I, t I take from both. And uh, I just, uh, I hope that guy making 50 bowls has, um, you know, has a standard for what he's like. I want, I want the guy making 50 bowls and I just want the guy who's making 50 bowls not to put any on his shelf for sale that he thinks are fucked up. And totally. totally. like if he's making them and they are, you know, curved in the wrong way, like, cool, fix, you know, fix it next yeah. time. And that's totally fine. But yeah, when I was but, in India, we would drink little cups of chai on the street. You'd get them from oh, the I saw chai your videos vendors. Of that, yeah. yeah, yeah, and they're these little cups, and and they're unfired clay. And then when you're done, they just threw it back into a big bucket, and they each and you broke the cup. It, it was just like they never a used new it one. Refired it, and I really what a magical that metaphor concept. that we could like go in forever on. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, cool. But. Well, Dude, I mean, the, 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 the only problem with this conversation we're having is I feel like we're like 40% of the way into it now, but we're already like an hour and a half into it. And I have to go wake up my kids soon. To be continued, so I don't know. that's, that's yeah. life. That's because we got a lot of meaning out there. You know, we got a lot of important stuff. And it's, you know, we're going to make another bowl tomorrow. I'd like, that's it, man. And I would like to continue a couple of these threads off air with you. I'd, I'd genuinely Always. like to, to hear um, more about your process of disconnecting because I feel like one thing I need to integrate in all the work I'm doing is times of disconnecting, even if it's just time in the day, sure. because I've, um, I've certainly become someone who's always on. And, and I realize that sort of like deleterious mental effects of that, you know, that it's, it's hard for me to slow down. And so it's something I'll I'm working you, on this year. I'll give you a short thing that we, you and I can go into more offline and listeners, mm -hmm. like I'm happy to go into this more, just like this episode is going to end in a second. So I'm just giving a short version of this answer, but um, uh, it doesn't work to just make these rules for yourself and say, mm -hmm. I'm going to turn my phone off after this time, or we do family day once. No, it's just not, that's not, doesn't work. Um, it's not a deep enough switch. You have to change your whole life and you, you can't, you can't say I'm going to be this person for an hour a day and then the rest. No, it's not. There's nothing wrong with having a ton of noise. I'm not saying one is better or worse. I'm just saying that I chose to go a different route. And I explained, I had a really, really good reason. It wasn't, it wasn't cause I was stressed out. It wasn't anything like that. I wanted more. And I felt that I needed right. to distill and focus right. to get more. I needed to empty. I, I really read books on tea and read books on Japanese um, philosophy around Shinto, around what a Shinto arch means, you know, uh, the emptiness, the absence. Absence is the, is an opportunity to a creative. And, and I really needed to, to get there. But you can't just go like snap your fingers and go create absence for yourself. It doesn't work that way. You can't just uh, set limits on your Instagram 
phone app and say you won't open it for more than 90 minutes a day. That does not work. In, in my humble opinion, I yeah, needed yeah. to get people like my deal flow needed to change. My energy flow needed to change. I needed to stop having these conversations. I needed to stop having these people. I needed to stop going to these dinners. I needed to stop being at these places in Los Angeles. I needed to stop getting these questions that would occupy my mind because if you go through your whole day and you have these questions that are occupying your mind and bothering you, just when you take some time off, it's just those questions that you sit with you, you know, wherever you go, there you are. So it's not your phone that's bothering you. It's not your, it's, it's not the, amount of emails you can get one email or you can get a thousand emails it's it's where your head is at and what you're focused on and the space and and you need to really so it's it's more than just these minor you know tricks there's no tricks like there was no trick to me turning myself from a guy who would do some videos at you know content stuff and then to making like the film that I just made. There was no trick. There was no flipping a switch and going and doing it. I needed to go live through it. I needed to go bleed. I needed to die. I needed to rebirth. I needed to so much. I needed to go through people that I spent tons of time with. It took it took it took a long time, a lot mm-hmm. of stuff. And it does not happen from just being like, I'm gonna change the books I read and I'm gonna meditate twice a day. Like that's not enough. To, for me, it wasn't enough. Oh man. But we could keep talking about it. Yeah, we're gonna um, have to, man. Elia, you're and in an amber alert. And uh <laughs> <laughs> you got stuff to do. I wanna let you go. Love your work. Well, you as a as a dude. Um I back at you, man. I appreciate your time so much. It's an honor to have you on here. You're like you're like a, a guide a guiding principle to me. Um artists appreciate you. So many people appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing. We love it. And thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to see what season two is going to bring. And, and, and when you're ready to share the other stuff you've been working on with uh, me, you know, please do, man. Happily. Please do. Because I've heard too. a little bit about it and I, and I want to see it. And, and, and listeners who are still with us, thanks for, uh, thanks for taking this wild ride. And, Thanks, everyone. Uh, hope we can do it again soon. Yeah. Stay All right. safe. Big love, man. Cheers, man. Yeah. Talk later. All right.